This Blitz podcast is brought to you by Bravado Wireless. Available online at bravadowireless.com. You're listening to The Blitz 1170. Streaming live at theblitztulsa.com and on the Blitz 1170 app. All right, 303 here on the Blitz 1170. What's going on? Welcome into the 3 o'clock hour. Uh, this is known as the Blitz Mix. My man Colby's running a little bit behind today. All good. Taking care of some responsibilities. And uh, with that said, in his uh, absence, we welcome in none other than John Holcomb joining us here on the Blitz 1170 at 303 on this Monday afternoon. John, how are you, my friend? Pop, I'm good. We are en route to uh, WVU Coliseum, which uh, my buddy Dave Hunziker likes to describe as something out of the old Soviet bloc. <laughs> and we always, we always await Olga Corbett's emergence. <laughs> Do a little uneven bar routine. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so you're telling me it's warm and welcoming then. <laughs> well, listen, it is cavernous. Cavernous is a good word to use to, to describe it. Uh-huh. Now, listen, it, it gets loud, and part of it's because of the shape of the roof and everything. But you get inside, and it's, it's, it's really gray. And they've, they've remodeled part of it with the seating and everything. It's a wonderful experience for West Virginia basketball fans. Um, but that place will echo like nobody's business. So you get ready for a lot of noise. I like how you phrased that, and you just stopped. Look, it's a wonderful experience for West Virginia fans. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that was intentional. Uh, it was. Awesome. But to be fair, the Cowboys have had uh, their share of success in here over the last several years. You know, uh, you'd love to have Avery Anderson available for tonight because uh, just a couple of years ago, he. Uh, when Cade Cunningham was out with the ankle injury, it was it was Avery Anderson who went crazy in here when the Cowboys pulled off a win. Well, that's um, it's funny that you mentioned Avery because we should start there. Um, and we were having a conversation earlier about just the how how big of a difference a week makes, right? Just in terms of perception and and how you play, especially in this conference. So, have the last two games, John, been more of an example of? the the true greatness that is Avery and what he provides to Oklahoma State, or did they just happen to run into Kansas, who's a great team, and TCU getting their star player back, or or both instances true in this case with where Oklahoma State's at right now? I think it's some of both. I do, but you also entered this stretch here. Now, tonight's a little bit different because West Virginia doesn't have the dynamic scoring from multiple players in the backcourt. It doesn't mean they can't make shots or can't attack you and can't score, but they're not on the same level as Kansas or TCU with Miles. And I think as much as anything else, uh, Dave and I talk about this a lot, you're discovering what it's going to have to look like when you play the best teams in the league in terms of backcourt scoring. Mm -hmm. Because, uh, you know, Iowa State doesn't fall into that category. They're very good, but they don't fall into that category, so they're easier for OSU to defend. And, you know, you you come into 
last week and the hype and the anticipation of Kansas. And I'm not, you can't convince me that near the end of the first, right at the end of the first half, when the Cowboys had had a four point lead and then had a handful of turnovers, couldn't build on that with Jalen Wilson in some foul trouble. You can't convince me that Avery would not have been down there in the corner all over Grady Dick and maybe not let him catch that ball, but much less let him shoot the, uh, three that beat the buzzer, which gave Kansas a, a big jolt of momentum. So I, my point is, is Avery Anderson defensively against these dynamic backcourt teams. You hadn't really seen it up until the last two, and you see the results. Where has his impact been uh, as far as on the offensive side of the ball, John? Because we, we get hyper-focused right defensively, uh, and rightfully so, because they, they've talked about it. That's what their identity is, and we know how good that Anderson was. But where where has the absence been on offense with Avery? Well, that's kind of interesting because uh, so I'm stepping off the bus. i got to say thanks, Arnold. Thank you. There we are. Okay. <laughs> is that the bus driver? Yeah. You 100%. Yeah, you have to say thank you to the bus driver. I do every time on every TU trip that I'm on. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> yeah, he's he's the best, and we've had him – uh, almost every single trip we've made out here. So uh, he is a staple, and he is friendly, and uh, he is one of a kind. So anyway, back back to Avery. As we walk down the uh, loading dock ramp, and uh, we we may be uh, getting checked here in here in a moment. No, I think I think we're going to keep going. Oh, anyway, dude, yeah, they're just going to wave you right in. <laughs> yeah, this is a little sidebar here. This it's a it's a curvy loading dock type of thing here, which somebody said, you know, when they built this way back then, they probably thought, wow, this is cool. The problem is, I'm not sure they could have made it any more narrow. <laughs> you can't drive the bus down here. Well, well, when they built it, it was for like horse and buggy to get back in there. <laughs> yeah, or one of the Russian mini tanks. Yeah, one of those. Uh, so, and 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 adorned on the wall, they have. Uh, these these posters of Bob Huggins, and he's he's wearing a crown. <laughs> they have actually painted the crown on it. And it it's pretty cool. It's so weird. Uh, King hug. Anyway, uh, back to Avery and the offensive thing. You know, the thing about it was he really struggled. He really struggled from uh, shooting the ball free for most of the year. And finally, it started to show some flashes that the form was coming back around. And you can probably attribute some of that to expending all the energy and effort on defense. You know, something's going to suffer. But he bought into the defensive side. Now, what you miss offensively from him and what you've seen is you lack one really dynamic, explosive driver. And that's what could cause defense's issues. Now, did it really show up against Kansas? I mean – you scored 76 points. That should be enough. Mm-hmm. It was more about the defense overall against Kansas. And the TCU, I think, is one of those that you can almost just wash out of the system because that was a, an incredibly desperate TCU team that got its heart and soul back. And they played like a team that went in and handled Kansas at the first of the year. And it's a long time since they've been able to show that. Now, yes, you you could have used Avery, but overall the effort against TCU was more, oh, just not up to the standard that OSU had shown for most of the season. 
Yeah, I think that's what Boynton's comments after the game talking about how they played just physical. Um, and I think that that's the thing that he said he was most surprised at with that how Oklahoma State just didn't respond. And he kind of left you hanging with with a little comment at the end there with saying, you know, the other teams in our league have the ability to do the same thing. But this is kind of one of the very first times that we didn't see Oklahoma State respond to the physical type of play. And let me tell you how they addressed it since, uh, you know, we, we spent two nights. Instead of coming back to Stillwater uh, Saturday afternoon after the game with TCU, um, and part of it was just, you know, some travel issues. And, and so we, we come back where we spent, the, we spent Saturday night in a different hotel in Fort Worth out by Alliance Airport. So we catch a flight to Morgantown, actually to Clarksburg, and then you drive into Morgantown. And uh, practice last night, yesterday evening, late afternoon. They got after it. I mean, the whole theme of that practice was compete. And no one was immune if they were not giving 100%. And it was very physical. And a lot of times you don't see that this late in the season. Yeah. But – coming off of and, and they hadn't really been doing that as much and it didn't go for long but they were very physical and coming off of the way you played Saturday I mean it's almost a no-brainer that you needed to do something like that yesterday and by the end of practice the, the competitive spirit the talking all that stuff was back and you started to feel better about things again Okay, because that was going to be my next question is is where they're at right now in terms of just mentally, whether you can gauge that from being around them. But that's that's a good note that even that small stretch there of physical play at least got them back into a, a level-headed nature of, of we've got to be more competitive. Yeah, they went four-on-four, four, half court, where you have a team on defense for a certain amount of time, a certain amount of minutes, and then it's, it's basically a free-for-all four-on-four. And, you know, the ball's coming in from the baseline to the next team up. So you're, you're, so you've got three teams of four. One stays on defense for that designated time. And then you're rotating the other two teams of four in either after a stop or a made basket. And, I mean, it was organized chaos is what it looked like for a while. But guys really got after it. And, you know, some of them who tend to talk a little more on the team than others – there was chirping going on, but it all stayed civil, but it was it was rough. And, you know, Pop, you've been around enough teams to know, um, and, and Brad Underwood said this years ago, and, of course, Mike Boynton was uh, assistant for, for Brad in his one season at OSU, quiet teams get beat. Yeah. You know, loud yeah, teams, they do. teams that communicate. And, so that, and you can translate that to the trips. And, you know, we, Dave and I have an opportunity to – travel with the team whenever we want and most of the time we take advantage of it but uh, on this one you get an extended period of time from Friday through tonight to be around and, and get a little better feel for things dinner Friday night very loud you know in a private room but you know the guys didn't have their phones out they're making each other laugh they're they're busting each other's chops and you felt really good about that part of it Saturday and Sunday morning's flight um, you could have heard a pin drop. <laughs> and so by the time you got to the end of practice yesterday, that noise level was back up there too. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's not a bad sign for sure. 
Hey, John, the one thing that, and we've talked about this, I think, even at the beginning of the year, um, that they still have these moments. And there was another example of that in the uh, TCU game where there's that four-minute stretch. You talked about it at the end of Kansas where they had a lot of turnovers there. But you can almost go through every game, and there's like multiple four-, five-minute stretches where they just have a very difficult time of having any offensive output at all. Um, I, it, it's just, it seems like that you are who you are right now at this point in the season, but that, that still kind of lingers, it seems like, when I watch them on a consistent basis. It does. You know, uh, during the, the win streak, the four-game win streak, then you, you, you were able to manage it better. Yeah. And you didn't have ones that really cost you points. And even really against Kansas, when you turned it over late in the first half and you're up four, it wasn't like Kansas was scoring off of those turnovers. It's just that you wasted your own opportunity to stretch the lead out. And then, yeah, Saturday against TCU, it's a one-point game, and you've kind of gotten away with a couple of turnovers, hadn't led to points. But it's a one-point game with eight minutes to go in the first half. And then you hit another one of those lulls, and it's not just that you turned it over, but they were, as Dave described, live ball turnovers, which lead directly to dunks or baskets on the other end, that sort of thing. And you're in a situation tonight where – your defense is good enough to keep West Virginia frustrated on the offensive end because they're not a terrific half-court offensive team. But if you throw in some live ball turnovers, then that whole script can flip, and then you're you really got a battle on your hands more than you more than you do already. Yeah, and I wonder where West Virginia's mentality is at after they lose to Tech. Uh, still to have two home games in a row here, but this is a team that's still clinging. I think Lunardi still had them in their last four in right now, but this is, I don't know, sometimes I feel like with West Virginia, you, you never know what you're going to get with them. Um, you mm-hmm. mentioned like fifth in the conference in scoring. They shoot 45% from the field on this. Uh, they're holding opponents to like 70 points per game, but yet... Uh, this to me is is probably one of the more underwhelming West Virginia teams I can rem- that I can remember. But but they're still right there in the mix, right? It, it, hanging in here in the Big Twelve Conference. I just wonder where their heads at coming into tonight. That that makes them you are right on the money with that pop because it makes them the most unpredictable team maybe in the league. Because Dave pointed it out, um, they have a thirty point win and a 30-point loss in Gosh, conference play. Crazy. And Dave said, Dave, Dave, and I'm, I'm going to borrow this. Dave's going to use it in the, uh, in, the, in the pregame show. But he said in the entire history of OSU basketball, you've never had two outcomes, 30 points both ways in a single season. And it's just it, – and it's crazy. Um, you know, they, they are – they, you expect them to be a very desperate team. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, what they were able to do in non-conference has carried for so long that even now, sitting here at 4-10 and 10 in the league, coming into tonight, they're still 32 in the net, I think, 32 or 34 in the net, which is a great mark. And there is a train of thought that if they can get three of their last four that they, based on some of the other analytics in this year's, when you determine this year's NCAA tournament field, that they might be the only one out of all of them remaining trying to get, you know, slide in at the last minute, that they might be the only one in the league who could go 7-11 and 11 and still possibly make it in the tournament. Now, I'm, you know, I'm not sure about that, but that would keep their net high enough 
that if they got the right three out of these last four, then it's possible. That's why it'd be awfully nice to pick up that uh, eighth Big 12 win tonight for Oklahoma State if you could find a way to do it for sure for kind of what you just talked about there, not not necessarily putting yourself in the exact same position that uh, West Virginia is in at this time. Uh, man, 30-point win and a 30-point loss in the exact same season, that is that is absolutely <laughs> wild to think about for sure. Man. <laughs> yeah. yeah they, they, and, you know, the atmosphere will be great because it's a Monday night and 7 o'clock Eastern tip, you know, and, and all of that. And uh, you've got Eric Stevenson, who's probably really motivated after what happened in Stillwater, where he hit those three straight mm-hmm. threes and decided to uh, grab a, a lower midsection, looking at Marcus Smart, and got the tee, and Bob Huggins was so mad at him that uh, he didn't shake Mike Boynton's hand afterward, <laughs> but met with Bob in the hallway, I mean, met with Mike in the hallway after everything had gone off, and then Mike, he knew exactly what was going on, and wasn't an issue, they like each other, but uh you, you can't – I say you can't let Stevenson get going, but if you just look back to Saturday against Texas Tech, he came out and scored – I don't know, he had 10 of their first 15 points. Um, and still Tech was able to be physical and, and come out with a win. Well, the league is – Boynton has called it unforgiving at times, and uh, that path continues here this evening uh, there up in Morgantown. Um, Holcomb, please do me a favor, and will you please take a picture and send me of that of, of King Hug? Because I need to see I need to see a crown painted on top of Huggy Bear's head uh, as it uh, graces you as you walk inside the arena there in West Virginia, man. Coming your way shortly. That's awesome. That's awesome. Best of luck tonight and safe travels as well, John, as you guys try to come back. And uh, let's get win number eight and uh, send Oklahoma State back to the friendly confines of GIA. Sounds good to me. Thanks, Pop. Thanks, John. That's uh, John Holcomb joining us here on the Blitz 1170 here at 320 in the afternoon. All right, we'll take a timeout. We'll come back here with more next on the Blitz 1170. Don't forget, Oklahoma State basketball comes your way. In about an hour and 19 minutes from Matt, Mark, an hour and 19 minutes until the pregame comes your way here on the Blitz 1170. Time out and more after this on the Blitz. Thank you for listening to this exclusive Blitz 1170 podcast from Bravado Wireless.